Hello and welcome back to the Redundant Rufus Podcast. As promised, I will deliver several stories from the paranormal, one of which happened to one of my ancestors many years ago. I hope to continue with these episodes as I have many other tales to share. Now let's get into it. The Death Premonition of James Green on the Virginia Frontier We've all had that time while we go about our day and suddenly come upon a moment of deja vu. We see something that we swear had already happened before or had already been seen. Furthermore, in this account, we will learn about the close cousin of deja vu, that of death premonitions, or presentments, as they were often called. Such accounts of seeing one's death or demise was a prevalent occurrence during the wars and conflicts in America during the 18th and 19th centuries. In the late 18th century in southwestern Virginia, there was a half-breed Indian chief called Chief Benji, who along with his Cherokee band, wreaked havoc on the frontier settlements at that time, scalping and murdering many people. There was a real man by the name of James Green. Green lived with his wife in a fort in southwestern Virginia, and was a renowned hunter. He was awakened one morning by his wife, who stated that the fort was running low on food, and he along with some other men were needed to go procure more supplies for the stockade. However, James Green was hesitant to leave. He said he'd had a dream in the night, where he'd awoken with excruciating pain in his eye. His wife told him not to worry about it, that it was only a dream, but he took it as some dire premonition. But being true to his responsibilities, he left with a number of men and a young boy to procure supplies for the fort. On the first night out from the fort, around the campfire, Green told the other frontiersmen about his previous night's dream. Then that evening, he had the same dream once again, which of course heightened his concerns. He and the other pioneers began to hunt the animals for their meat, furs, and left the young boy secure with what they'd already killed inside a cave. The next night, the frontiersmen were encamped once again, and Green related that he'd had the same dream once again, so basically for three individual nights, he kept dreaming this dream, where he had this severe pain in one of his eyes. Anyway, the hunting party never returned to the fort. A relief expedition, or party of other occupants of the fort, went out to find them. They found the boy in the cave that had been left with some of the supplies. They later stumbled upon the encampment of Green and his fellow frontiersmen. During the night they'd been attacked and all killed and scalped. James Green's body was found, with an arrow sticking out of one of his eyes into his brain, which of course had killed him, thus the basis for the pain in his eye in his dream. This next story deals with strange orb sighting. Orbs are a common occurrence in areas with supposed supernatural or paranormal activity. Oftentimes they're said to represent the souls of deceased persons. But this story takes place over 200 years ago. Not long after serving in the War of 1812, Major Richard Elliott, originally from Kent, Connecticut, was an early pioneer in the town of Poland, located in what is now Trumbull County, Ohio. In March of 1814, while walking down a local road, he soon observed two lights coming towards him in the shape of a half moon. These strange orbs then, 
seemed to enclose him in a circle round his breast, after which he then heard distinctly a voice ask the following question, Are you prepared to die? Major Elliot replied, If it's God's will, I think I am. The mysterious lights then passed on, but then turned and followed him until he had passed the local cemetery or graveyard, where they made a stand and he could observe them on looking back for half a mile. After reaching his home, he then related to his family the strange experience, as well as to several other people, remarking how he believed that he was soon to die and made preparations accordingly. It is recorded that on the third day, after having seen the above lights, he became raving insane and in 24 hours was dead. The third story for this episode I called The Screaming Ghost. This story involves my great-grandfather, whom the family would call Peppa Joe. My ancestors resided for many years in a place they nicknamed Rolf Holler or Hollow, located in Fleming County, Kentucky. Eventually, the family moved away to a home close to the riverside town of Maysville, situated along the Ohio River. While there, the Rolfs got into what was known as sharecropping, a system where the landlord or planter allows a tenant to use the land in exchange for a share of the crop. Their new home had been given the name of the Graham Place, or Old Reese Place, there in Mason County, Kentucky, named after the previous occupants and owners of said property. Now, for a time, my great-grandfather, Peppa Joe, lived alone in this house, and due to glaucoma, he had become blind in both eyes. One night, while listening to the radio in the first-floor kitchen, he proceeded to turn it off and head for bed. Now, as I stated previously, he had been blind for some time, but knew his house well enough to navigate through it, and know if anyone was there. Upon reaching the stairs, the kitchen radio began to play. My great-grandfather proceeded to return to the kitchen and turn off the radio. Once he made his way to the stairs, the radio turned itself on again. After turning the radio off the second time, he once again began to ascend the stairs. As he ascended about halfway up the staircase, he distinctly heard to his right a very loud scream coming from a woman. Remember, he was alone in the house when he heard this. The scream sounded as if this woman or entity was experiencing sheer terror. After this occurrence, he never heard it again. It was discovered that before he or his family moved into the area, there was reportedly a murder in that house where a man had murdered a woman, possibly a spouse, at the top of the stairs with an axe. Additionally, it was said that the upstairs closet contained a red spot on the floor where the bloodied axe was laid to rest for a time. Imagine hearing such a scream in the dark, blind or not, and then discovering that a murder had happened there. That's pretty creepy and unsettling. This last story involves a possible reach-out from beyond the grave. When my father was young, one of his cousins, whose name was Andy, had run away from home. It was said that he had gotten to a makeshift raft, like the young Tom Sawyer did, and went into the nearby Ohio River. Sadly, at some point as he passed along the river, Andy came into some trouble and drowned. After a search, his body was found, but had to be dragged up from the bottom of the river. Upon examination, it was said he had on his person many old silver dollars that his grandfather, who was my great-grandfather, Peppa Joe, 
had given him, and it's believed that they played a part in weighing him down so that he couldn't get back on the raft. My father explained that both Andy and Peppa Joe were very close. At that time, Peppa Joe had become blind from glaucoma and couldn't see in both eyes, and lived alone since his wife had already passed away. Many times it was said that Andy used to hand his grandfather his cane as he usually hung it over a doorknob and would always forget where he had placed it. My father related that his Peppa Joe told him one day when he was all alone in the house that he couldn't find his cane anywhere, but suddenly someone put the cane in his hand. He believed that it was his grandson, Andy, who had been dead for many years by that time. Additionally, my father recounted something else his grandfather told him, that one night prior to him remarrying, he was in his bedroom all alone, and no one else, of course, was in the house, when suddenly the room began to fill with light. Remember, he was blind, but could at least see enough to know when a bright light was turned on or off. He then asked out loud, Bessie, is that you? If so, come closer. Bessie was his first wife who had died long before. After he said that, the light in his bedroom got very bright, so he knew that his deceased wife was there to comfort him that night when he was all alone. And oftentimes being able to connect with them. The stories I related dealt with many different aspects of the paranormal and supernatural. Being able to see one's death being able to feel the presence of loved ones past, being able to hear a dreadful and terrifying moment in one's life, but also feeling loved ones who still linger, trying to bring comfort to those that they seemingly had left behind in this mortal life. As I had mentioned in chapter two of this podcast series, I do believe that there is an invisible world and that it connects with us more than we realize that we receive guidance or comfort or some semblance of peace from those that have passed on wanting to remind us that it's okay to live life to the fullest. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope to put more of these out in the near future, but until then, I thank you and I'll talk to you later.